Welcome to the Talk is Three podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Hickey. Um, this is season two, episode 11. Uh, delighted to be joined by Darren and Kevin, as always. And this week, we have a very special guest in uh, 3D United shot stopper, Jack Brady. Jack, thank you very, very much for coming on to the show. Thanks very much for having me, boys. Really looking forward to it. A bit nervous, I have to say. There's nothing to be nervous about. Nothing to be nervous about. When, well, when you have when you have the uh, outspoken duo, Jamie, of Kevin and Darren beside you, it would always kind of... I'm starting to sweat a small bit, but we'll, we'll see how we get on here. Yeah, yeah. No one's safe. No one's no, safe. Absolute, no, no, no. Unfiltered. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Darren, how are we keeping? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Kev? Oh, no, not this crack. <laughs> Kev is out. What's what? Kev, Kev is struggling, is he? Kev. Kev. Oh, yeah, the old dial-up connection there now. <laughs> Kevin. Ah, uh, someone's after snipping the lines above Weston. It's up. Darren, Darren, to try and get a few energy, our boys. In. <laughs> nah, there's nothing you can do if you snip the SB pause, Jamie. I can do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and it does happen. Oh, he's, gone. he's gone. He's gone. We'll keep going anyway. We'll rock on. Uh, Jack, I suppose. Look. From everyone, thank you very much for joining us. Big welcome back to Treaty. Um, I, I spoke to you earlier in the year for the programme and uh, you, you seem to be excited to be back. So how would you assess your time, I suppose, being back in, in Limerick playing senior soccer? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was obviously hugely disappointing when Limerick FC disbanded and I had a great I had a, I had a great time and obviously I would have known a lot of the boys uh, previously from, from my time at the club. Um, a lot of the boys would have went off and played, played with different clubs. But as you can see, there's a want and a desire to play for uh, a Limerick-based club uh, with, with all the boys kind of filtering back in. Um, not 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 just myself, but also you got players like um, you got players like Lee Devitt as well. Um, obviously, Joel Kustrin is, is back at home now as well. And there's a, and obviously you kind of produce some kind of local local talent, I suppose. Um, with with some of the some of the really talented 19s coming through, it's been a really really like uh, Josh Quinlan and a couple of boys like that as well. And I think I think it's been a really really positive experience so far. You can see what they're trying to do, and it's it's definitely been built from the bottom up. But um, and it'll take time, you know. And you got you obviously got um, you got management involved there in, in in people like Tommy Barrett and uh, Dave Rooney who were involved previously in uh, in the in the in the old club. So you can see that the structures and, and the and the the good people are there. Um, it's it's just gonna take it's gonna take a bit of time, but overall, it's been really really positive so far. I really enjoyed it. Good stuff, Kev. Are you back with us? I don't know are you. <laughs> Jack was sliding your your dial up internet when you left. I could hear him. I kept forgetting that when I click out of this, that it stops. You could stop you not to hear me, but I was just trying to find lovely pictures of Jack's hair. It was all I could find. Was, yeah, all so, I could find was vanilla ice. <laughs> so yeah, taking a bit of taking a bit of stick for for the haircut. To be fair, I think it's I think it's unjust. Like when I I got it done. Uh, Last Monday, and I was like, Do you know what? No, it's actually yeah. not, not as bad. You got it done last Monday, and Joe Garman left today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got it done last Monday, and I was rocking into the train, and I was like, Do you know what? It's not too bad. And it was quiet around. I was half an hour early in LIT, and uh, Red obviously opens up LIT, and I didn't see him, but he's 700 meters away across the car park, and I'm just looking down to my phone, walking, and all I can hear is, What is that? <laughs> what is that? No, no, away, go away. I'm not letting you in. And he just uh, 
drove over and had a good look at it, gave me a bit of a puck, and then he just wouldn't talk. He actually hasn't talked to me since, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, you can see how it would go down with um <laughs> with um with people like Red now, but uh, no, absolutely not having it. To be fair, I walked into the dressing room and Tommy was talking to uh one or two of the, the younger the nineteens lads who, who come up training with us and uh <laughs> he was you know like I'm sure he was giving it the he was giving it the now you're up at the first team lads and you know try and be really professional and you know enjoy it but they're really good lads here really down to earth really normally saw me walking through the door and it's a what kind of circus are they running my beer? <laughs> but uh, I walk in, how are you lads? Sunglasses, how are you like looking like Nicky Byrne? You know, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, probably deserved. But And then kind of boys came in, Mark Dodden had a right goal, Connor Wynn wouldn't talk to me for 20 minutes, like this kind of crap. <laughs> in fairness, Connor Wynn can't say nothing about here. Oh, in fairness, he actually did say that as well when he when we were talking about the mullet. You know, it was it was incredible. You know, and I think there's not many players now that can pull it off. But I'm not gonna. I'm also not gonna say it to him because he'd eat you. So not a fellow. <laughs> not a fellow. No, not a fellow. You'd slag. To be fair, um, I'll slag him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fight I'd love to see. You know, I mean, I mean, you want I'd lose. That's why I'd stay up. I'd stay up around Weston. <laughs> but Jack, you rocked the highlights last year with Shelburne, didn't you? Did did, did it get as bad of a, a wrap up there as it got down here? <laughs> well, the boys coming off, no? No, I think it got. I think it got. It got more acceptable until I came to the markets field and I got absolutely abused when I came to the field. <laughs> and to be fair, Yo Yo got it done first, and. Uh, I suppose it looked like I kind of copied him, but um, he went for the he went for the full head. I think he was looking for the call up to the England squad, him and Phil Foden. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, he set the trend off. But seems I seem to be the only one they've got it back this summer. I'm enjoying my time off, so said why not? It was just that bored. You decided, you know what? I'll go get something mad done to my hair. Yeah, look, got, in, in fairness, we got three points with anyway, so that must be good. Yeah, it's a good start anyway. I might change it. I might one, go one and all, one and all, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying is you won a league with Shelburne with it last year, so keep it, keep it. Where we <laughs> well, that that's it. Like, and you know, it, that's I suppose like Tommy's probably right. He did say it to me. He goes, Jack, I just think at this stage now, like you just love being abused and like you invite it onto yourself. So I said, you know, I probably accepted that at this stage now. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> So. Nothing better than a fella who loves a bit of abuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to be fair, I've taken some stick behind the goals this year. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm very fat according to every single, uh, according to every single um, group of fans. Every time I try and kick the ball, so I'm taking some stick. Must be the, must be the green kit. It's obviously not flattering me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I suppose Jack being back in the market field for you in front of fans, obviously you didn't experience this was the the call. Jamie, can I stop with you? Can I stop with you before you go on? Yeah. Is no one going to acknowledge the fact that someone's mother just come into the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking who was there. Sorry. Who's got caught? That was you, Jamie. Did your mother just come into the room, Jamie? Tell the truth. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Tell the truth, Jamie. It wasn't my mother. Come on, Jamie. <laughs> I was waiting to jump in and say it was it. I should have a sigh. Yeah, no, no. Um, well, I tell you one thing. We're moving on from Jack's air now. You've <laughs> got a few. Like, that's that's criminal now. That's schoolboy stuff. Jack. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pay the fine. Don't worry. I'll pay the fine. Um, being back in the market field. Yeah. <laughs> um, we experienced the COVID times last year and then we were able to go back into the markets field and obviously there was a massive buzz. You being back in front of the fans for our first full season. Look, 
from our point of view, there hasn't been as many fans as we would have wanted. But to be fair, we've picked our games and we've got a lot there. How have you found being back in the Marcus Field in front of the, I suppose, the Blue Army and the rest? Well, I I think it's been incredible. To be fair, I think there's been a really really good atmosphere when they when they've shown up in numbers. Like, and I think um, obviously there was a couple of we got a couple of poor results, but there was an unbelievable atmosphere in a couple of games. Cork at home, um, you know, obviously uh, when we obviously beat Waterford, that was an unbelievable buzz. We beat Wex when we beat Wexford at home in the cup, like a couple of games there where um, there's been huge crowds and and like and like obviously celebrating in front of them, playing in front of them, and and actually providing for. Providing senior soccer and obviously kind of winning winning big games at home is, is what is what you hope to do and try and get get a crowd out. I know obviously with the rebranding of the club and, and things like that, it's it's always going to be hard, you know, because I suppose everyone that would have always affiliated with, with Limerick and I know there was a thing with the name and things like that. But I think to be fair, the boys behind the scene and, and, and the stakeholders and uh the board of directors has done a really good job in trying to promote it. And I, as I said earlier, I think it could take two or three seasons, but as you can see, the club is probably moving in the right direction. To be fair, I, I'm as, from from looking at it from the inside out. Um, I think they're doing the right things. We just have to give it a bit of time to be patient with it. So I hope the fans see it the same way. But as you said, like boys like the blue Ar- like the blue army. I don't think I don't think the club would survive without without that fan base. To be honest, like because they obviously they do the travelling, they go to Cove away, they'll go to Bray away, like they they'll do all the all the all the tough trips, you know. And to be fair, hail rain or shine. There's all they're always there. So from from a player's point of view, it's it's hugely important, especially being behind behind the goal and cove or being on the side of the pitch and bray, um, being up in Longford. Like you know, I think to be fair, like um it it has made a difference to us. And we've definitely got a couple of results uh because it helped. Uh playing in front of no no crowd with COVID is a, when, when that happened it was an absolute disaster, you know, not even from a financial point of view, but it ruined the games, you know, they felt like friendlies, they didn't feel as important, you know, and I think obviously having fans back makes a massive difference. Like you talk about Darren being able to spoof, you're so man to spoof. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I genuinely mean that. I think the the COVID games were, were ruined. You know, I think that like th- th- there was no atmosphere. It just felt like you were playing for nothing. And now, as I said, like hopefully get a couple of positive results over the next couple of weeks and see more 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 people coming out towards the kind of I suppose crunch time and obviously pushing for the playoffs. You know, I think the next Wexford game at home. It's going to be like cup final, you know. That's when you kind of need everyone out for that. Yeah, game. that's the last game of the season, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. And it could come down to that. So, look, speaking of the Wexford, I suppose, look, it, it's kind of narrowed down to yourselves in Wexford for that last playoff spot. I know Bray are, are kind of in around it, but I think, I suppose, a result against them maybe the next day might might kill them off altogether. All How are you feeling, I suppose, about being in the run in and, and, and possibly coming down to that last game of the season versus Wexford at home? I don't think we've, we've talked too much about that until until now, and obviously, like, um, look, I think we've we, we've slipped out we slipped out of the playoff positions on goal difference, so that's not concerning us. And to be fair to the management, they've they've been excellent. They've they've kind of they kind of just alluded to the fact that there's there's obviously still a full round of fixtures and a half, one and a half round of fixtures left, and if we can beat the teams around us, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, it's obviously very, very difficult against the full-time teams, as, as we've learned over the last couple of weeks. But obviously, a really positive result against Galway uh, up there. A couple of really good performances, like you know, uh, especially in the back four. Connor Wynn was excellent. You know, Callum McNamara has been unbelievable at centre half. Sean Gearn has been very good as well. Like you know, I think we're, I think we're really kind of. It's taken us this long, but we're really trying. We're really starting to settle and actually put together better performances. Um, if we could take a couple of points off the top three or four teams, including Longford this Friday. I just think they'll be hugely important before we even get to that Wexford game, you know. And I think that's kind of 
what we're aiming at. Can we beat the teams around us? And I think that's kind of where we're at at the moment. So Longford's a big game on Friday. Yeah, and I suppose a former club of yours, Jack, how how have you found, I suppose, the couple of games against Longford? They've been really close so far. Um, really nothing to separate the teams at all, two draws. Um, and I suppose Treaty kind of t- took a bit of stick. But to be fair, we backed up Treaty about uh, the style of play. But I suppose for you, at the end of the day, a result is all that matters, whether you sit in or whether you go out and full out and attack. I think it's interesting you say that, Jim, because I was actually, as you were asking the question, I was just thinking about that. We actually went back to a 4-4-2 against Longford, and I think it worked really well. I think they struggled to break us down, and they played lovely football, to be fair. The build-up was quite good, and I think we actually contained them because they didn't have that many clean-cut chances, to be fair, uh, in the games we played them so far, and I know we had 2-0 all draws, but I actually think we should have won the game uh, up in Longford, if I'm honest, and we had a couple of chances to win the game at home as well, so um, I'll be taking the positives from that, but obviously we, we set up very, very... Uh, rigidly defensively but the players we have in the counter-attack and obviously we, we've seen the last couple of weeks Willie, Willie Armshaw obviously um, very sharp coming off coming off the bench on uh, last Friday uh, Joel is, is really firing as well uh, kind of his link-up playing and in, into Dean and into Enda in previous weeks has been really good so I think that's kind of starting to come together in, in the shape that we're playing so um, I think the I, I know obviously it may not it may not look as attractive as, as we want it to look but we have to play the game and the conditions sometimes and I think uh, it's been it's been quite a we've been quite structured and quite well organised when we've gone into that four four two shape. So um, I think that I think it's got kind of stood to us and got and definitely got us maybe eight or nine points over the last kind of maybe two or three months uh, by by just going into that shape. So um, obviously we'll set up differently on Friday depending on the bodies available. We're down a couple of bodies with injuries and things like that. So that it'll depend. But as I said, uh, as uh, I think it's 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 more it's more results based at this stage of the season really. You know. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of mentioned the, the, the kind of the difficulties in playing full-time teams just there. This, I suppose, this round of fixtures was your third time playing Galway then Cork back-to-back in a short, I think it was a Friday, it's Monday in each of them. Um, I suppose, as a squad for E, you probably don't get to see each other over that time period. How hard is it really that people don't know to try and get, a, like, I suppose, a plan in place and get the recovery and to play two full-time teams in the space of four days? Yeah, like, to be fair, like... Um... Like we, we would have played Friday, Monday, th- three times, you know, against Cork, then Galway, and vice versa, and it's very, very difficult, you know. And I was actually only talking to Mark McNulty about that, and they, it's funny, other teams are fully aware of it as well, Jamie. You know, they know we we don't have a couple of days recovery, and they they're they're prepared, they're in on the Sunday and preparing for the game, and you know, our our boys are working the weekends or working the Monday and. The other teams are just just preparing straight away after the game on the Friday for another game on the Monday, where our lads have to recover Saturday, recover Sunday, uh, probably go to work Monday, and then try and then try and put in another colossal performance. It's 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 very very difficult, you know. And if you if you actually look at our eleven against against Galway and the performance of putting, which was excellent, and there was obviously a lot of you would have seen it. There was an excellent away crowd that away crowd that day, and um, open open game in DC. Do you know how how hard they how hard the lads worked for that point? You know. And to go to go straight into a to go straight into Cork on the Monday, who basically are able to nearly rotate their full eleven, you know, is yeah. how do you compete with that? You know, and I think that just shows the, the difference in the financial difference and also uh, the different the different stages that other clubs are at in their in their development. You know, Cork, Waterford, and Galway will also they'll probably have the budget and the, the kind of the kind of I suppose the package to go up. You know, where where uh, we're kind of we're kind of building towards that and maybe maybe we're not at a point where 
uh, we're, we're we're ready for that yet. But as you can see, the quality of our players are there. We just it's just it just it's it's very very difficult to, to, to try and to keep up with those those teams at that capacity. I think earlier on in the season you wouldn't see it as much, Jamie. To be honest, as in you might you might play them once or twice and get away with it. But you see, you see the full time teams really come into their own in the third round of pitches and the fourth round of pitches, if, if that makes sense. Because that's when other team part time teams will start to tire, get injuries, niggles. Where you look at Cork Waterford and Galway, they're able to rotate their 11s and, and get more recovery. And so you're, we're thoroughly up against it. But to be honest, I, I'm really proud of where of how well we're doing. And obviously, everyone talks about second season syndrome and stuff like that. But I think we've been there, thereabouts for the whole season. And if you look at it, we've only lost against the top three teams, and they're all full time. And that's a credit to the group, you know. And I think, I think obviously, we get a couple of positive results and a good result again Friday. Um, I think we're obviously kind of there, thereabouts. So as I said, um, were we ever aiming to win the league? Probably not. But the playoffs are very, very realistic, and that's the aim. Well, Lee mightn't have been aiming to win the league, but after <laughs> went for the first day of the season, five one, we all thought we were going to win the league anyway. <laughs> yeah. I thought. <laughs> um, you you mentioned Cork. You can, uh, look, Galway was next performance. Obviously, Cork or Cork, like you said, they could rotate their full eleven. But surely, did, did you have a chance to even analyze the Cork game after, or did you just surely had a laugh at the fifth goal because whatever was going on, the fifth goal. Was, was the highlight of the night for all of us anyway in the stand. I know we were being thumped 5-0, but it was one of the funniest experiences I've had in the Marcus Field in a long, long time. It was hilarious to watch. I don't know. I, I, I it's, it's unfair, really, to kind of go into the details of the goals. Like, I think, obviously, the game has gone at that stage. What was really disappointing, I think, was, I suppose, like, the fact that um, we, we, we didn't actually give ourselves a chance, you know, and I think we obviously... I, I, if we actually look at the three the three games we played against Cork, like we've actually kind of gifted them goals, including myself, like you know, and could have done a lot better for, for other goals, and like get to hold your hand up and say, look, look, they're a full time team and all that crack. But we actually put it up to them at times. I don't, I don't think, I don't think they carved us open many times. Do you know if that makes sense? I think it was yeah, a yeah. thing uh, in some of the games. Like, and as I said, like. I, I think, like, personally, I probably could have done better, I'm sure, but for some of the goals across the games. And I think other players would, would be honest enough to say that as well. And I think that's kind of where we, we kind of look at it and say, OK, they're a very good side, but do we need to contain these teams better? And I think that's something that we've talked about as a group, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. we, we've kind of said, OK, they're very good teams, but let them cut us open and we'll sit in and we'll play on a counter-attack if we have to. Uh, just realistically, that's where we're at. But I think... I think we probably brought it on ourselves at times, you know, and I think that's something that we're really trying to cut out going into the third round of fixtures and the fourth round of fixtures because, as as you alluded to, it may not be pretty, but at this stage of the season, it's all about getting points on the board. So I think that's something that we look at over the next couple of weeks, the, the manner of the goals we, we concede and cutting out mistakes, I think, is, is really, really important, you know. Yeah, but for those games as well, like, you know, let's say if you Friday and uh, or Galway on a Friday, and you channel a lot of, I suppose, energy and manpower and getting lads through Friday. Like you saw, Mark Odin picked up an injury, finished the game against Galway, didn't start against Cork or didn't play against Cork, sorry. Mm. Um, do you see those kind of games as a free hit because they are full-time teams? I know what we spoke about it earlier in the season, myself and Kevin said, if you could concentrate on one and, they, and take the other as a free hit because you're not expected to beat those teams anyway. Yeah, of course, but like it's always it's it's always like it's always important to approach the game properly, and I think maybe yeah, yeah. I think that's probably a maybe somewhere something that we 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 went wrong with. I think I think obviously, look, they might score an early goal and stuff, but I think earlier on in the season, if we're honest, we probably felt a bit sorry for ourselves and kind of went, oh, 
to their full time. They're one nil up after 10, 15 minutes. And that's probably where we, we kind of, we showed a lot more grit and determination, definitely against Galway. Like Galway, like had a abundance of chances. And to be fair, Conor Wynn makes a couple of really good saves last Friday and he's very commanding in the air and he's had a really good game. And the back four, as I said, Callum and Sean were brilliant defensively. And I think performances like that could can actually, if you actually step back, as you said, and concentrate in one game at a time and go, hold on a second, we're well able for a Galway and we beat Waterford early on the year. There, so obviously we can put it up to them, but is it sustainable over time? That's the much more difficult thing thing there. Do you know what I mean? So I think uh, obviously uh, it was an unfortunate time to get Cork because they're absolutely flying. So as you said, it is a bit of a free hit, but that also that also doesn't mean that losing five nil is acceptable. It's absolutely not. Do you know? And I think we probably could have managed the game a bit better when we went two two or three behind, but that is the game, unfortunately. But to be fair, we showed some serious grit coming back last Friday and winning two 0 in Cove. Like it's one of the hardest places to go. I always describe Cove as like Burnley away on a West Tuesday night type fixture. <laughs> I, was only, I was only looking at it. I won three competitive games in eight years playing League of Ireland down there. That's how hard it is to go down and get a win, you know. So yeah. I was absolutely buzzing last Friday. So I think that was one way to kind of bounce back, kind of taking some serious momentum going into the next game. Obviously, Willie getting a goal as well on the bench was really positive. And Martin Cochran was unbelievable. I don't know, Colin Connery was class as well, you know. The boys who came in put in an unbelievable performance, like, and showed that they can play at this level. And I think that's really positive one going into the rest of the year. You have young lads coming through who really, really want to show what they're made of, and they're coming good at the right time, which could be massive going forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I suppose for yourself, you've seen a lot of changes. There's been a lot of injuries in the team, and lads who couldn't play and lads who've left so far and I suppose as a keeper and you see the starting 11 or starting 10 ahead of you change every week or you or same with Connor when he was in for his run of games it must be hard to try and kind of build that foundation of how you want to play because you could have a lad who who's comfortable playing out the back one week and then a lad who likes to go long the next week and I suppose it's hard to get any kind of consistency when you have that ins and outs in the team well I think that's where where Brian O'Callaghan has been brilliant uh as well as Tommy, like, and when I like, they, they, they actually will adjust our, our game plan and the way we play based on the players and, and their position. So we'd always have a conversation of training uh, on the day before the game or the session before the game and kind of say, okay, this player is playing here. He likes to do this, may not be the best at that, play a certain way. And I think that's been really, really positive because it's horses for courses, as you said, and we've managed it well, you know, and obviously players have had to fill in. For example, down in Cove, right? Um, you, you had Martin Cochran go in and you had Colin Connery go in and you knew it was going to be an absolute battle down there. And two boys have, have like could run for days, you know, they're like Duracell bunnies in the middle. So <laughs> really battle and to really to really go and win the ball. Like Lee Devitt was excellent as well, you know. And for like for players like that to go in against Cove, the game was always going to be play the percentages, clip it long, don't make a mistake, you get something out of the game. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. we really like even though we were down bodies and, and depleted. The boys who went in were nearly ideal for, the, for that type of game, you know. And as I said, um, Cal has been excellent with that. He's been really, really good with the with the midfielders. And he talks a lot to the midfielders, especially Lee and Callum uh, and Collie and Martin, the, the younger lads. He's been really, really good with them. Um, for example, Dave Rooney would kind of kind of go through different bits with me, maybe the session before about what areas to play in, where are their weaknesses, uh, what areas should should we try and exploit. And I think from that point of view. The, and to be fair, Tommy's knowledge of players around the league is excellent. He knows how to play against teams and 
what way we should play against them in order to have the best chance of getting a result. And he was really good that at Limerick, to be fair, if you remember three years ago when the squad when our squad started leaving in the summer, we still had a couple of good positive results. And I think that's why the management um put so put so much faith in their players because they know exactly what they're good at and, and what they're not good at. And that we, we play the percentages. Uh, and I think that's kind of worked well for us in, in recent weeks. Yeah, I suppose. Look, uh, Kevin, I'll go to you and Jack. I'll get your opinion on it. But the news broke today and we kind of knew for quite some time that Joe was leaving the squad, Joe Gorman. Um, he's been some sort of a rock for us in, in, the, in the back after losing Anto from last season. He's going to be a, a big miss for us, Kev. What's, what, man? No, I don't want sausages. I'm doing the podcast, man. Good <laughs> <laughs> man to do. Oh, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> no, um, I think, uh, no, obviously, Joe is going to be a massive loss, not just, um, I think, on the pitch off it as well. He's He seems like a good character, like, unless no Jack wants to tell us he was actually a bollock, so I don't know, but <laughs> when we spoke to him and all, um, he seemed like a good lad to, to have around and with all his experience with the young lads, obviously, in the squad, I think it's going to be a big loss off the pitch and... It's just uh, an unfortunate bit of where we are at the minute of the fact we just, like we've said, the money. So, I'm afraid that's just the reality at the minute. You know, we lost them. Like, we lost all the... Sure, like, you know, the likes of Clyde and um, Sean and obviously the biggest downgrade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely couldn't agree more no but uh, no look I think it's just um, no don't worry Jack if you go back to the earlier episodes this season I actually said you're a great replacement for him so I don't mean that but um, no look it's just it's just it's just where we are isn't it like we, we go on about the amateur thing but this is what it means you know like you, you get someone like Joe um, and you're, you're always at risk of losing same if if, if Jack does well between now and the end of the season, if anyone else, like any young lads, Callum, you know, things like Yeah, I agree. And I think that that is the danger. Like, a lot of, like, player, like, I, like for, for me, obviously, it, to come back and play with Limerick was, uh, with a Limerick-based club was obviously, was obviously what I what I wanted, what I always wanted to do. It's, it's my home club, you know. And I think that was, for me, the motivation was to, obviously, play for a club playing, at the highest level in Ireland, as in my locality, and that was kind of my motivation. But you have to as well. You have to look at other players and other reasons why they may they might play and do they want to elevate themselves or get as many games as possible. And there's loads of different reasons why why players would, would, would kind of come to us. But then, as you as you said, if if other if other clubs who are further along in their development make an offer or make an inquiry, then play, players might jump on it. You know, and I think it is very very hard. When you don't have the financial, um, I suppose, uh, backing to, to keep those players. Like for example, like we look at Joe, like and to be fair, we we did some slog like me, Dean, George, and and Joe and Joe Gorman would travel down together three times a week, you know, and training. And obviously, like if if a club comes in and maybe makes you an offer that's more suitable, like obviously Joe has to work as well, you know. You still have to pay the bills, put food on the table, you know. So we can understand why um, he wasn't uh, he wasn't going to be able to, to do it long term and. Obviously, it's a huge loss because, to be fair, thought he done really well in a lot of the games, you know. And obviously, his experience was huge. Like he was really good to Colin Conroy, especially because we we all got kind of close. We all got got close uh, coming down together in the car, and you know, like we 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 had a nice bond. So obviously, 
that's a it's it's a big loss. But um, as I said, I think he'll be okay. Like I'm not I'm not sure what he's doing next. I haven't spoken to him, but uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll obviously kind of look after himself uh, football wise anyway uh, going forward from the summer. But I think to be fair, um, we put Callum in there. If you actually spin it and look at it from a different direction, I think put Callum in there, and he's been absolutely unbelievable. You know, since he's yeah. a very, very versatile player, a good young, good young lad, really, really keen to learn, really, really keen to, to play games, and just a good lad who'll play where he's told and do what he's told, and I think that'll stand to him. Um, shows how versatile he is playing the left side as well as a right footer. You know, um, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do for for a, for a player that's only a couple of years out of nineteens as well. But I can say that I'm really, really proud of him, and I feel really, really safe with him in front of me. I think he's been excellent. You know, I really do. Yeah, and I suppose, look, free and Kevin says it's kind of a sign of where the club is. But, like, when you see the likes of Cork signing around them now and they're after, after getting Britain from, from Waterford and Waterford after bringing in a new lad today and Cork extended coffees, uh, his loan till the end of the season. I suppose, not demoralising, but does that kind of make what you're up against harder and you kind of look around as a squad and you may not be able, you're not going to be able to bring in those calibre players, but... I suppose it, it, for yourselves, it's just about picking yourselves up and trying to continue what you're doing. It's not exactly. It's a, you hit the nail on the head, like, and I think do you know what Stephen Christopher said something very, very uh, interesting to train tonight. He goes, "We're down bodies. There's loads of teams signing players around us, but we're just going to have to battle on with what we've got." And I think it does show you we actually have a really tight knit group. And I think uh, Darren said it to me at the start of the year. Do you know when I was talking to him um, in the Marksfield or? At a training game out in LA or out in UL or where we were kind of oh it was that could have been after the Waterford game in the cup, like the lads who are at the squad I think you'll agree lads are great are great lads to be fair like we have a really good group of of men you know of, of really good people who who kind of bought into what Tommy Dave Brian and Mick are, are trying to do you know and like you you've excellent volunteers there you pay you people like Jason Channon uh, you've Alan Clancy. You know, obviously Sean O'Brien is kind of working in the background, like as well. You know, I think every, and, and like yourselves as well. You know, with the podcast and obviously going to all the away games and committing to it, like there is a really close, close knit group of players with the fans and with the volunteers. And I think it's a we've all. I think you've all been a credit to be fair. And like I know it's a small, I know it's a small group, but it's a very tight group. You know, and we all get on very well. And I think. Everyone, I know we're fully aware that other players are, other teams are signing top players, but with the group we've had and where we are, I think I think it is something to be proud of so far. You know, I know, I know. Obviously, it's very hard to attract players with the budget and, and that that aspect of it. But with the group we've had, I think we've done really, really well. And if we, if we can add maybe one or two additions in the summer, and obviously keep the core group, obviously it's unfortunate to lose Joe, but uh, I think if we can keep the core group. I think we'll do really well. I think we could really push for the playoffs. Yeah, and I suppose, Darren, that's something we prided ourselves on as supporters last year, that we were close to the players, like like Jack and like Joe did and the other players in that came on this year. We are able to have a chat with them on a podcast, have a bit of crack. We go to the webinars when they're on, uh, be able to talk to them, be able to talk to them off the pitch. We see that they're a close-knit group. They go out together. So that's massive for us as well to see. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, it's not just us they're close because it's every fan, like, do you know, like after games, and I've noticed it a lot as well. When those are dry, they'll come over and mix with the fans. So, look, that's a big, big thing that you have players like that. And you know, there is some clubs out there that their players would walk off and they wouldn't even acknowledge us. So, you know, the, the bigger clubs around the league. So, yeah, it is it is good to have it that way. You know, um, look, as Jack said there, we are, obviously we're losing a few players, and it's to be expected. 
since we are an amateur club at the moment, but if we can, and I'm sure Tommy will be looking around and he'll know people, if we can add two, maybe three solid additions to the squad we have at the moment, there's no reason why we can't, at the end of the season, be pushing to get into that playoff position. You know, um, at the moment, we're pushing to get there anyway. So if we can just maybe just get one or two, de- or as I said, two or three, actually, to be honest, if we could get them in to just, to bulk up the squad more so than anything, because um, you see injuries do affect us. And as you were saying there about the Galway and Cork games, when you look into it now and you really look into detail, it is really a disgrace that we've played them in the space of two or three days. I think when Jack said it there that we don't get any recovery, the boys are going to work. So a few of them might even be working on the Sunday and the Monday. And Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a horrible turnaround. And that's probably why... Well, I'm not saying it's fully to blame. Obviously, we've made our own mistakes as well against Cork, but it definitely gives them a massive, massive advantage. The fact that we're coming off a massive, a big effort against Galway. And every game we play Galway this year, to be fair, we've put in a big effort and really put it up to them. And I think it's just the fact of maybe, obviously, we had a few injuries after Galway. This happened a few times. And then and it's it's just hard to come into that Cork game on the Monday, you know, being fully ready for it. And that's helped Cork a, a little bit, I, I reckon. But... It would it would have been nice to see if we had a week break between the Cork and the Galway game what might have happened, but look, that's only a small excuse at the end of the day, but it definitely does have an effect on the boys. But um, just getting back to there, yeah, it's 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 vital to have a tight group like that, and I think, as you said about Stephen Christopher's comment there, you just have to battle on. You just and sometimes that can really work for a squad, you know. When yeah, when, yeah. You, when you do lose players like that, but um, look, we I'm sure Tommy will be out there searching, looking to bring in that two or three that might make the group that little bit stronger coming into the the business end of the season. Yeah, and uh, Jack, you mentioned there, just before we move off Joel even, you were talking about the car journeys, and we've seen the back and forth on Twitter between Joe and Dino of the car journeys down. Uh, <laughs> you surely have a couple of stories for us from uh, those mad car, car journeys down, do you? Oh, so, like, some of the, some of the things, like, for, like, Joe, Joe, lad, is mental. Absolutely mental. So, like, <laughs> For example, like, you know, Collie would be asleep in the back kind of thing and, you know, and he'd have his mouth open and Joe would be like, kind of like, like, you know, opening bottles of water and pouring water down the throat. <laughs> and I'm just kind of, I'm driving and I'm fuming because, like, I'm just like, will you all just settle down and relax? I'm like the dad. I was such a dad in the car giving out to the boys, like, giving out to Joe. I was like, will you stop and just sit there, please, quietly, like, you know, and, like, for example, another one, like, you know, Dean would be on his phone and we'd be on the motorway and no one around, 120 cruising. Joe would just slam on the brakes and Dean would go flying and the <laughs> phone gone, like, you know, hitting the windscreen and ah, oh, just like, so, like, you know, in fairness, like, it was good crack and, like, like in fairness, like I think I think it is important. I think I think you could do a whole you could do a whole podcast on carpools, you know, <laughs> because like like it was so like it's so funny. Like obviously, me and Dean are teachers, are English teachers, you know, and like trying to help Collie like a week before his, his his English exam, going through the going through the the poets and going through what to write in the exam. And to be fair, I'd say we sent them down to ordinary level. The things we were telling them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd say you could have done with two better tutors than us. But uh, yeah, some, some decent stories. Uh, like like Dino as well, absolutely brutal with directions. We played against Cove uh, the first time down there, and uh, he put in. 
he put in St. Coleman's Park uh, into Google. Useless, typical dub, like, do you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> St. Coleman's Park, he got out, he got the, he got down at about quarter about half six, and uh, we're, we're all meeting at half six, and we're obviously all on the ground on the bus because he was traveling from Dublin. And uh, he gets out anyway, and he ends up outside some old fella's house, and he goes, I'm looking for St. Coleman's Park. And uh, an old fella comes out of his house, and he goes, yeah, that's the name of this estate. And he goes, where am I? He goes, you're in Mallow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, were, we were all warming up about 10 past 7 the first day down there. And he rocks in about uh, quarter past 7, uh, sweating after after being an hour. He was like, how far away am I? Your man was like, you're an hour away. He couldn't believe it. It's all like, <laughs> like, somebody, like I think he could have had Collie with him or something. But like. Some of the some of the things like just you couldn't believe it. Like, you know, he went to collect Collie and missed the turn off one day for training. This kind of crack. He would be away in his absolute in his own world. Like. <laughs> um, I suppose bouncing back after the Cork and Galway game, you got a savage win against Cove, a clean sheet for yourself. Um, I suppose you that brings your clean sheet total up. It brings, I suppose, this massive boost for the team, and I suppose your back four in front of you, and a couple of the midfielders as well, who, who pride themselves on clean sheets. For yourselves, bouncing back it was obviously massive after a, a couple of uh, tough days. Yeah, so uh, Jason Channing was only saying to me as well, like, it's seven for me in nineteen. We've eight, we've eight all together. Um, uh, Winnie obviously got a, an unbelievable clean sheet up in Galway. It was class, you know, and like as as I said, like I think. It, like I know we've got we've taken a couple of really heavy results, but I think that shouldn't take the shine off the fact that we've been very very solid in 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 the other games. Do you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think that's really important that we we actually don't get too bogged down and losing heavily to some of the to to the full time teams because to be fair, we haven't conceded many against against the the likes of the teams around us. So I think as you said, it's it, it's some you take some pride in taking a clean sheet away from Cove. Cause, no matter what t- what type of Cove team it is, they're always going to be dogged and they're always going to work hard. And obviously, playing for a new manager, it was never going to be easy. And to be fair, the goal li- lived a bit of a charmed life. I'd say if VAR was there, if I'm honest, I'd say we were in trouble for the first time. Say nothing. So I think I think I got away with one there, you know, and they've hit the crossbar twice, you know, in the game and they've hit the side netting twice and they probably could have had a couple of goals. But look, to be fair, if you look at it, if you spin it, I don't think we've got that much luck this year. You know, a couple of decisions went against us, and yeah. um, especially in the away games. You know, clubs just just uh, just some 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 uh, some clubs might 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 have got the the the, uh, the 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 luck against us a couple of times, and I think uh, we were probably due a bit of luck. So it's nice to kind of get out of there with with a win. I think I think it is. I think it kind of balanced itself out on Friday. It's massive three points. You know, I think it really really important three points to take into the next couple of couple of games. Yeah, and I suppose just before we let you go, just a couple more questions. Um, for yourself, I suppose, what would you like to see done between here and the end of the season? I suppose to bring the team and the club forward, and then I suppose over the long term, if if you if you're here over the next couple of years, what would you like to see done to bring, I suppose, the club to the next level? I think obviously because of where we're at, and I think Darren and Kevin alluded to it earlier, is that um, it's really really important, obviously, that you've really good kind of underage and academy system, um. Obviously, it's very disappointing now that that um that Shane Keegan left because you know having a having an experienced kind of coach like him who who knows how to, who's obviously specialises in organisation of of structure. I think it's 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 a big loss losing him because 
I think like there's some. I, mean, I think you'll agree, lads. There's some seriously talented young players in the in the academy. You know, and in yeah, the yeah. and in the 19s and 17s setup. You know, <clears throat> I think to see those boys coming through and some of them are training with us now. Um, you know, I think is I think you've got you've got obviously you've got Scotty, you've got Darren, you've got their their, their, their debuts the last day. Um, you you've Leon training with us as well. Josh Quinlivan's obviously up with us. There's some really really talented 17s and 19s coming through and. I'd really, really like to see them push on and obviously play, play, uh, play competitively, and obviously get it, get it, get a couple of games in the first team. I think that's something that. But again, as I said, lads, without an academy director, which obviously hasn't been, uh, obviously it's very soon after uh, Shane left. But I think that's one of the most important things that we do is kind of get, get, a, get someone in that role as quick as possible because the talent is there, but it's it's trying to produce it now and get them ready to come up and play first team football. Is really really important. I think another thing as well, fellas, and I think you'll this could be a bit of a controversial one that I don't know, Darren, you you'll be much more knowledgeable on, on this than me and, and Kevin as well, probably. But like a, a good, healthy, positive link between junior clubs and League of Ireland team in Limerick is hugely important. That I don't well, funny you say that as there was a big pause <laughs> from <laughs> Darren. Yeah. I'll let you jump in here. <laughs> yeah, um... I may, oh, I may have poked the bear here now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it is, but I know I've seen Michael Horn put up today about junior clubs trying to get legs. Obviously, they can pay a bit more than us. Being honest, is basically what he's saying, Joe. Yeah, uh, as a few of the top junior clubs in town can pay a bit more than three of the United, and that's just the simple facts of it. Um, I don't know if a player has been poached or if a player has been, if there's someone with us that's been approached or something like that by a club, right? A junior club in town, but I think that's the way it kind of came out. Is, what I've seen it on Twitter anyway, so I don't know if any any of the boys have been asked to go back to the junior. Oh, someone not signing because they're getting more money in junior could be the other side. It, it, it could be someone we were trying to sign as well, and that could be it as well. Oh, genuinely, no, I haven't. I actually haven't heard that, but yeah, what what and like, look, that that'll be something that is 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 going to be speculated all the time. Of course, again, yeah. Again, Darren, like that's the thing. Like the argument is always going to be: Do you want to play at the highest level in the country? Or is it going to be for a few quid on a Sunday? Do you know? And I think that's, that's it. like, as in, like, for me, it's a no-brainer. Do you know? I think playing at the highest level against the best players will will always out, outrank getting a few more getting a few quid more quid at junior teams. And that's just me personally because I know what it's like to play in big games and big League of Ireland games in front of big crowds. And I think that that's more of a look. You're never gonna, no matter what League of Ireland team you're at, you're never gonna be set up for life after you retire. You know how much is it yeah. worth? That really like you know that's kind of why I think there should be a much healthier link uh, between between the the junior clubs and the League of Ireland clubs. Like I don't see why, and I, obviously look, there's a lot more to it than, than just this, but I don't see why junior clubs wouldn't take pride in producing top young players and allowing them to go uh, in, into senior uh, League of Ireland teams in their locality. You know, I think that should be a really positive thing rather than kind of holding it against the young lads because as you said, Darren. Some of those younger players or players who are kind of, kind of caught between will or oh, will I go to the League of Ireland club or will I look and get a few quid playing junior and be the superstar for the junior team? I think that's I think that shouldn't be a position you put a player in. You know they should be encouraged to play at the highest level rather than um, being I suppose really held back at a at a at a level that doesn't match the League of Ireland. And I think that's something that needs to be looked at. I think that'll be the 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 job of the academy director if he came in, try create a healthy link where you have players. And coaches wanting and and and, and uh, junior clubs wanting to to send their players into to League of Ireland setup because how how are we supposed to, to 
promote senior soccer in Limerick if we can't get the best players from the from the best academies and the best junior teams? It's that's exactly yeah. it. And I actually, that's, that's point, yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen this year. Um, I've co- I coach a couple of underage teams at my way, and I know there's two or three lads after signing from the underage academy. Mm. But what I've seen this year is. And I was actually in the 15 session earlier and it's the standard there is unbelievable, Jack, like you were saying. But um, the, having the tr- someone from Treaty United on the sideline of a Desmond League club game, you never saw that with the old regime. They would be fr- afraid to ask. They'd be afraid to come out. And then if they wanted a player, they'd go straight to the player instead of going straight to the club or going through the club, the proper process, email and the secretary, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that was all done right this year. And like you said, maybe that's because Shane was there, that the proper procedures are taking place. And maybe that's why junior clubs are, I don't know, defensive about it or blah, blah, blah. But it seems to be going the right direction from the underage anyway, from what I've seen. And great credit does go to the underage coaches that are there. I see like Chris Colaby Quinn is in there, um, Peter Spencer, Decky Farmer. They're yeah. all they're all trying to build something for the senior team in the next five or six years. I think that's exactly it. And again, like you've you've hit the nail in the head. Like the there's very very open dialogue between the 19s manager, like Decky Farmer's good experience, even when he was at Limerick a couple of years ago, really really good at producing players. Like produce players. Like obviously you've, you've people like Valfini. You would have had uh, Yo Yo Maddy. Um, you would have had Killian Bruder. You know you would have had Tommy Holland. Like um, all these boys that uh, like that he would have a uh, Tony Whitehead, all these lads that he would have got through emerging talents and into first teams, um, he something that he's very very good at producing players and obviously he's he, he he's very keen to get get as many players up into the first team as possible and as I as I mentioned before, uh, we had five or six players uh with training with us over the last couple of weeks and they've been excellent, uh, Nico, uh, Leon, Josh, Scott, Darren, you know, have all done really really well and I think uh. Think it's a it's a credit to the system. It's just now kind of I suppose hopefully can they push on in our training sessions and get an opportunity like you saw with Darren and Scott against Cork and I think they done really well when they came on and uh, they're they still have another year. I think Darren is only uh, just finished seventeen, so two years and nineteen's left. Scott I think could have could have two years and nineteen's left as well. You know and yeah uh, you, you you've you've uh, Lee Morini as well coming through another excellent player. Like there's some really, really good talent coming through, just about to break it into first team level, um, and hopefully, like as you said, we can find more of them in 15s, 16s, get them into the academy, do it properly, don't annoy junior clubs by trying to poach them and doing it under the radar, and then hopefully the kind of relationship will probably build from there and maybe produce the next top player and uh, get them into a first team. And I think, as you said, if the if the academy are doing that properly and going about it the right way. That's probably where you start in building the relationship between the senior side and the junior clubs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is it. Um, Jack, I suppose before we let you go, we do just little bits when we get um, players on about their teammates. Uh, just ask them to try and basically get you to, to spill the dirt about uh, a few of your teammates. So, oh, first of all, we heard rumours about Jack Brady's flared pants there a couple of weeks ago from Enda Curran, but <laughs> is there anyone else in the squad that has a, has a worse fit than, than, than that? Uh, lads, come on! Like, surely you've heard about Dean George? He's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> no, no, I haven't heard anything. Oh, when he turned up the train in last day, he was wearing illuminous orange Under Armour shorts, illuminous <laughs> yellow train top. He looked like a traffic cone. <laughs> if you handed him, if you handed him a, one of those, uh, if you handed him one of those like big lollipop sticks, he actually looked like a lollipop lady. It was ridiculous. <laughs> another, and another day, he came in one of those kind of. Blue Nike jumpers um, with a pair of red 
Hollister tracks bombs. I was like, oh, he was looked like you know those squashies, you know those sweets he gets. <laughs> he looked absolutely ridiculous, and he doesn't care. He thinks he looks. He keeps saying he looks fresh, whatever that means. Very Dublin term now, like you know. Like, um, nobody questions him. What about the music? We've we, we we've heard a lot of things, especially last year when Clyde was there. He's in. He was on the music, and we heard some bad things about it. Who's on the music this year, and, and what's it like? Oh, we've actually lost our resident DJ. Charlie was our resident DJ. He was decent, and uh, to be fair, we're all kind of at a standstill now, and nobody wants to take over the music. Lads, you don't understand. It's actually a nerve-wracking enough job. Like the boys be sweating putting on the putting on the music before the game. They don't want to be judged, you know. So you kind of get you kind of kind of up against it. Who's uh, I think uh, I think uh, uh, Sean Gearns might take over. I think he I think he does a bit of DJing on a Saturday night in Templemore. I think he's got that in him. So uh, putting the pressure on him next week. To come up with <laughs> and what would be on your playlist besides Vanilla Ice and Eminem? <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Nicky Byrne as another one of my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I've taken some. I've taken some grief to be fair. No, nobody let me near the music. No. No. <laughs> um, who be the worst trainer? Worst trainer. Oh, who is the worst trainer? It's probably myself. I'm absolutely shocking. And like, in, I've got to a stage now where Kala has just put his head in his hands. He stopped giving out to me. So uh, who's that? I didn't get that. Myself. Or yourselves? Or yeah, like <laughs> Definitely by by a mile. Kala Kala has stopped giving out to me at this stage. He just put his head in his hands and he said, "Just stop. Just stop trying." <laughs> and you know it's one of them that's the harder I try the worse I get so uh, I've kind of just uh, kind of accepted that uh, I'm a match I'm a match player not a training player what is the ground you hate going to the most in the League of Ireland well I think I alluded to it a small bit like I have three wins in eight years down in Cove so that was something that I found very difficult uh, I think result wise probably Cove um, I think I I find I find Wexford quite difficult as well. Uh, there's a there's a lot. Again, this is you, you'll find this quite boring now. But for the goalkeepers out there, there's this dirty low lying sun that comes down, and for some reason we always lose the toss and have to play into the sun in the first half. So uh, that's something that, that really that really bothers me. Uh, so and what about the wind that blows corners straight into the net? <laughs> no, I think yeah, uh, <laughs> I think obviously they got caught in the flood like that night. You know. <laughs> Um, and what about fan wise? Who, what set of fans has given you the most abuse or, or since you've been back? The most abuse, oh, definitely the Cork City fans. They've been, they were on to me. To be fair, they were. <laughs> give, that shed end is no joke, lads. That's <laughs> like that is, and like it's mad. Like you know, you just hear like fairness. Create a really good atmosphere to be banging on the tunnel and singing "Welcome to the Jungle." And to be fair, now they have they're they're clever enough. They have your. Like a couple of them were shouting to me about being about uh about about my name, about where I was playing before, what clubs I was at. So they do they really go out of their way to, to learn things about you to upset you. So uh you have to say fair play to them. It's some serious work work they put in to uh to start haggling players. Fair play to them. <laughs> you should ask other keepers about us, so <laughs> but, uh... um Darren, Kevin, before we let Jack go, do you have any other questions to pop at him there? Yeah, he, I do, yeah. He has a spare seat now in the carpool, so who are we going to get from Dublin? Oh. Like? <laughs> Actually, two spare seats. You need a bit of comfort, so we'll keep it at four, yeah. Uh, Dino's fuming now because nobody's been travelling down because I'm back in Killoo for, this, for the summer. I'm not in Dublin, so he's very lonely. I get an old FaceTime off him on the way down, so um, feel sorry for him now. But, uh, 
Well, I don't know what I don't know what the story is uh, yet. As you said, like hopefully we're looking for a couple more signings. I think there's a couple of there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of things happening behind the scenes, but uh, not nothing confirmed yet. Um, Sorry, Jay. Nobody listens to the podcast. You can tell us. <laughs> no, I genuinely don't. Our roads lead to Sean McSweeney's arse in the, in the car. <laughs> <laughs> this man's getting home in the car. There's your laundry. Yeah, yeah, We'll pay for your petrol, Sean. Don't worry about it, kid. Yeah, he doesn't definitely. even have to. He doesn't even have to drive Dean Oaken sorted. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. No. No word. And anything. Yeah, fellas. I genuinely mean that. Uh, not. Nothing. Nothing confirmed. Yeah. Nothing. But uh, kind of hoping to kind of as you said, like I think it's really. But important. he's already no. He's more of a realistic target. The fact that there's a seat there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, yeah, now no, we can actually go and try and We could have thrown him in the boot. <laughs> Threw him in the boot. Damn right. It's, it's all right. The podcast has <laughs> stopped recording now, so you can just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Kev, have you any questions to throw at him before before we let him off? Do you want to come to the inflatables and kill a loo with me down and Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> you can go out and do some. Uh, we can do some goalkeeping training. Start throwing balls at me across the across the pontoon. We go crack now. Yeah. I tell See? you one thing though. You get a nice ice cream out there. Go go for a nice romantic walk, Kev. Well, look, if you want to. We've got ice cream reserve, yeah. We'll go for ice cream. We're not three D and either an inclusive club. Yeah, we can get ice cream. <laughs> Pina Colada's romantic walk in the rain not bad fellas not bad no we'll have to go out to kill out to Jackson night okay I look after you last <laughs> time we wrote that we were fighting with Jerry Flannery <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that old foreign sport <laughs> stupid old thing what's your take on Hurland uh, Jack uh, I played a lot of Hurland growing up um, yeah. obviously disappointing for tip this year they're very poor would you believe I was actually <laughs> <laughs> I was actually at a it was actually at Limerick in Galway yesterday. To be fair, there it was a it was very uh, interesting spectacle. A lot of Americans there taking it in. <laughs> very interesting, very very commercial. Not like you boys now. I think uh, I think that whole um, I think the whole hipster vibe of going to a League of Ireland game uh, sells more than uh, the whole commercial crack with the GEA. So. Jamie H, the Limerick Colors. No, Jack, you hit my nail on the point. The commercial. It's supposed to be an amateur sport. Why? And it's not the price of it, but no, I'm going to get into a rent now and I don't care. But it's not the price of it. I, know, I actually don't care. My thing is. Why do you hate them? I don't hate it. I, hate, I don't hate the hurlers. I don't hate it. I love the game. I played it. I still play it. But it's a thing of, like you said, the commercialization of it. It's 60 quid. It's not the fact that it's 60 quid, but Kyle Hayes from, from Kalimo. I'm from Kalimo. I can go up to on Tuesday night and watch Kyle Hayes play Harlem. Why should an old fella who's been watching Harlem for the last 40 years playing 10 euro to win and watch? You says you hate Kyle Hayes. I didn't say that. I <laughs> never said that. I never said that. But why do you have to pay 60 quid and travel up to Dublin for Limerick and Galway yesterday to watch the same fella play that he's been watching? But that's not Kyle Hayes' Hayes's fault, though. And you no, said you hate that. him. I'm saying that as the organisation as a whole. And I'm not saying the FAI is great for it either, but they're trying to get their act together. But yeah, but the I asked you last week. I said, what do you think the score will be in 3D against Cork? And you turned around and you said, I hate Kyle Hayes. <laughs> 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 right, I have to get poking around the bar and he's out of the Do you know what as well? Like, I think, like, I, I look, I, I'm not going to go on about it for ages, but as you said, the commercial thing annoys me a bit because looking at Pat Spillane the last day, and I think as you rightly said, you could have someone who's in their in their 60s or 70s who loves GA and going sports all their life. And Pat Spillane comes out and says, I hate extra time and penalties. I hate the soccer aspect. Like a replay would have been way better for the GEA, generating generating more money for GEA. 
I was like, will they stop? For God's sake. It's not about the money. It's about the players on the pitch. Like Exactly. Yeah. And I think, obviously, like, but to be fair, players are absolute animals, Jamie. Like, and 100%. No, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Like, that's, that's I, I, like I said, I, I hold my hands up and they're brilliant. And look, I, but I'd celebrate Treaty winning a corner tomorrow more than I would than Limerick winning All-Ireland in two weeks. I know. I, I you said know. you hate them. I didn't say I hate them. I, I said I hate the whole idea. Like, my thing again, if the money trickles down, why do clubs like Balna uh, have to go and raise 500 grand their own to go and buy an Astro? Why can't the money to be generated from yesterday, 60 euro ticket and 60,000 people there, why can't that be held somewhere for a club to go and get money and then build their own Astro? Yeah, you know? like, but like even like it's it's interesting with the FEI now because even uh, even over the last couple of months, I don't know if you've been following it, but they're actually advertising roles for chief executives for the League of Ireland. So they're really getting their act together and trying to kind of and there was a grassroots executive uh, advertised as well. So the new roles coming out are, are doing exactly what you're hoping is going to happen. And well, this is it, yeah, yeah. Like, but like what I what I what I want to see then is and to go back to treaty and to go back to the development of local League of Ireland teams and make sure it's sustainable and they don't fall away and you know disband. Can you get an Astro in West Limerick? Can you get an Astro in as a, a new Astro, a new Astro in in Askeaton or in Ratkeel or in in Anacotti or what, wherever it is, you know? And like, can you can you promote the game that way? Can you give give better facilities? Can you can you help people want to play the game? Because GEA will always have that pull. And like, yeah. the problem with Limerick is, as you know, fellas, you're competing against full time, basically hugely uh, hugely kind of financially backed. Um, organizations like Limerick GA and Munster, do you know. So how, where do we, so where where do we go from 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 there to try and promote the game? Ke- Darren, Kevin, what do you think? What what should you do? Like where do we go? Like what would be the best thing? Oh Jesus, don't don't bring us into this now again. We covered this week's going. We got a load of battle. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm gonna leave it off. So no, but like <laughs> I, the way I look at it is the club. I think they had. I think they said in the webinar it cost five hundred k to run the club Treaty United last year, and they had something like ninety eight thousand euro pocket or something like that. Ninety thousand euro, I think, was the figure mentioned, right. and all of that was directly pumped back into the underage this year, which I have no problem with. I would have had no problem if it was pumped into the first team for Tommy to give you all a wage, let's say for the year. I'd have no problem with that. But you see that fund coming back in other organisations. You don't see those funds coming back as easily as you do. And I can go. My season ticket cost me ninety euro. What's that entitles me to? What twenty games or something? Mm. So what's your night? Your your teacher? What's your 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 twenty into ninety is over four euro a game that I can go and watch my local team play. Whereas you're paying sixty euro for a once half game, and you don't see any of return back into Kildare Palace Henry or whoever. Like you know, of course, yeah. But I think as again with that, and look, I don't want to be harping on about it forever. You have to remember as well, GAA don't pay their players. Like it goes into um, management, the physios, the food after training. Yeah. You know, like the the, the training kit, like where. Even with treaty, small wages and amateur status, like and smaller, like like clubs are nearly they're like League of Ireland clubs are essentially private. They're private. They're private companies. You know where they need to kind of be self sufficient, pay their staff, and that's why it's so difficult because the GEA get funding, a lot more funding than the F, than the FEI would get, and a lot more funding than, than uh, League of Ireland clubs would get. You know, yeah. I, was, I was so delighted to see clubs being entitled to grants. And I know some clubs got more money than others, like Cole, for example, got, got loads of money. I know Rovers got loads of money. So I think that's really, really good to see. But that's that's a fairly new phenomenon for the League of Ireland, you know, like the GA yeah. uh, count, county, and the county councils. And they've all been uh, linked and getting a lot more money than the League of Ireland clubs for years. You know? Yeah, and, and Tommy said it last year when the budget came out that the Greyhound 
thing got 2.3 million or something like that or 3.2 million yeah, yeah. And, and Limerick couldn't have a club for the last two years before last year like you know exactly and I think that's kind of it shows where we're at. And I think obviously not not technically owning a ground is 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 something that is difficult, but it shows where where we're at. As I said, you can only you can only build slowly, but I think I think the funding is going to be a huge thing. I, like as but that's said, that's why I think um if if the CEO of the the league they get in, if he's any use at all, could be a big help because I think that's where the likes of the GA and the horse racing and the greyhound and all like they have lads there on their boards. With connections upon connections upon connections with politicians and governments and and things like that, like because otherwise the likes of the greyhounding shouldn't be getting anywhere near the money it does. But they have the right connections, like so. If you've got someone properly interested in someone doing the right job in the league, you see, or to start forging them connections for the league, maybe we might see things improve that way. Absolutely, and I think as you said, like it's about it's about kind of I suppose hoping someone's going to be interested in developing senior soccer. Ultimately, and soccer in Limerick, I think that he has to have a genuine interest in that. And I think, as you said, as as you can see, the board that we have there now are very, very interested in that and very highly motivated. I was only talking to Sean O'Brien a couple of days about this, and lads, you've not well, you, you were there, you were there at you know the the executive meeting a couple of Fridays ago. Do you remember that? Like at least, like they're trying to do the right things and trying to promote it and trying to get as much uh, funding and. Uh, build as many connections and build our networks as, as best as possible. And I have to say, they are trying, and it's going to take time, but definitely moving in the right direction from the ground up in terms of individual clubs. But as you said there, um, I think it's I think it's usually important that that it, it trickles from the top down with with that new role uh, with the CEO of the executive for the, or whatever he was for the league. I think that's I think that's going to be hugely important long term. You know. Yeah. Now, Jack, thank you very much. We'll let you go. I promised you half an hour and we've gone on for an hour and ten, so I'll let you go. No um, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Kev. No, no, right, Jack. Jack. I just said, but... Cheers, Jim. Best of luck. Best. All the best. All the best. Um... Right, so Darren, Kev, I suppose, look, Jack's spoken it briefly there a minute ago. Um... Cove last week, massive win. Unfortunately, we couldn't get down. Um, but Kevin, I suppose, just get us back on the right track for the uh for the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think it was a good win. Like, like Jack said, he's himself. It's it's a hard place to go, you know, and and it is it is a hard place to go. Um, the tight old pitch. It's sometimes it's a poor old pitch, and you know, Cove are they're they're not that strong these days like they used to be. They used to have great teams, but they always have a few good solid players, you know, and. Um, it is they make it tough for you like I, I don't think anyone really enjoys going down there like um, but I think with the way the results have been going for a while we, we kind of needed something you know and um, especially after the 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 Cork like the scoreline more so from Cork and I think just that result it, we really needed a bit of a, a pick up after that and I think when we all saw the squad we, we could see how much we were missing so for the lads to go and get the job done was a great old boost and hopefully it'll be a great old boost for the likes of say Martin Cochran and things like that who's kind of not really got loads and loads of game time this year but to go on and start that game and to get such a big win hopefully that's going to lift the spirits of absolutely everyone now from the bottom up you know yeah and, and Darren as well pushing on to that into this week against Longford another crucial game in terms of the playoff that'll give the lads a massive boost going into this week yeah, definitely. I mean, look, and as I said, we were missing players going down there. 
Um, as I said before the game, when I seen the team sheet, I was thinking, oh, this could be a dodgy one. But credit to the two young lads to play, Colin Conroy and Martin Cock, and I thought they really stepped in, done a superb job. And it's a, as as we said, it's a tough place to go. Um, Cover is a physical, dirty old team to play against. As Jack, as Jack said earlier, it's it's like going to Burnley on a shitty night, you know. So. Look, what credit to the lads, they dug deep. They had to respond from the Monday result, and Jesus has done it very, very well. Uh, yeah. It was never going to be an easy game. We've seen that earlier in the season down in Cove. They were really, really up for it against us. They treat their game against us like a Munster derby, as it should be. So, look, it's never an easy place to go and to, to react to the result on Monday. Um, getting one or two, if we can just get one or two bodies back and you know, going into Friday. It would be great, you know. Like we all know, we looked the lads done brilliantly, but we all know we need an end up there for the business into the season, you know. We need a bit of experience in the in the running. So, look, I said to you before, he came on tonight. Like from what I've seen in the Langford games, I think we could definitely get a win against them. So I think this is a game. Hopefully, we win targeted after the Cove. Hopefully, we're full of positives after Cove. Get into Langford and get a result because I think we are more than capable of beating them. Be honest. Yeah, yeah. And look, before we move on to anything else, I think we do have to mention last week, unfortunately, Limerick senior soccer and also we lost a great friend in Jerry O'D, a man who, I suppose, look, he funded many away trips for, for the Blue Army. He was always there. It was our place to go. You watched the match there last Friday night. Um, A man who'll be sorely missed and a very fitting tribute for him against Cork last week. Um, Darren, I suppose myself, yourself, we, we actually spoke in the back of Jerry's on Friday before the Galway game. And we, we there was a nice bit that I'll attach to the end of this podcast that we said about him supporting the, the club up and down and how we need more people like him. So he's a man who'll be who'll be sorely missed and we do send his our condolences to his family. Yeah, huge last Jamie, you know. Um look, none of us see it coming and just shows how much of a cruel world it can be at times, you know. Um really tough week for us all, really. Um especially myself and Kevin there's you know, he's just he was short staff recently and we he took us on and gave us an old our job above to help him out as well, and look, it's it's just tough. You know, he's a massive loss for our supporters. He's a massive loss for more than one club in town. Probably you couldn't even say seven or eight clubs that Jerry would always look after. So it's a massive loss for us. It's a massive loss. Look, it's been a very very hard week. Uh, a lot of people are still in shock really about it. I feel it was great to see so many people come down to this and. Pay the respects. Um, look, I know the result wasn't great, but the first 20 25 minutes of that match, uh, I felt the tribute we done. I know we've got a, lot, a hell of a lot of minutes about it, and we appreciate everyone just texting us about it. Um, it just shows how much she was loved, you know. Look, you've seen how many likes and shares and all the kind of words that were said about him. So, yeah, it's a huge loss for us, Jamie. Um, it's it's going to be hard for the Blue Army you now going in there on a Friday and, and not seeing them about going up for a chat. Just wishing us well, you know, like if we're ever like if we were ever short for a bus there in the last few weeks, if it was fifty quid, a hundred quid, anything, it didn't really matter what the figure was. He said, just give him a shout and you've seen him on Twitter. He was he was very, very active with us and a huge last for our group. And to be honest, I would have seen him as a, a Blue Army member, just the fact that he couldn't get the games, you know. And yeah. like, like he was, he was one of us. He looked after us so well. So, yeah, condolences to the family and everyone. Jerry, you know, it's 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 a very very tough loss for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin, look, just just to say on that for a minute, the tribute last week was so fitting. Having the members of the Blue Army outside 
Jerry O'Dees on Friday night before he went down to the game, laying the wreath in, in the centre circle with Jack. And I suppose the, the, the couple of minutes, uh, the minutes applause, and like Darren said, the first 25 minutes, just the place erupted in noise and songs. Um, it was it was great to see in a measure of the man that he was. Yeah, look, um, obviously, as Darren said, look, it's been a bit of a, a horrible time, obviously, and just it's such a loss for the city and, and stuff like that. And I think, look, obviously, credit is, is due to Jerry for how much he's helped, not just us and not just clubs, just individuals and literally like, probably anyone that came anywhere near him. That, that needed help in, in any way at all. But um, I, I think aside from that, look, if Jerry had never given us a cent, if Jerry had never helped us in any way like that, if he'd never done anything for us, Jerry was our friend. You know, it's it, it wasn't just about that. Like, it, it was just, he was such a genuinely nice man. He was so easy to talk to, so easy to get on with. Um, you'd get to laugh with him every time he went in. He could take the laugh and the joke and, he genuinely lit up place. He lit up the place like when he, when he came out with his with his funny little laugh and he's dancing and and everything. You know, it's just um, I just think it, it just just needs to be said as well that if, if he hadn't helped anyone, um, if he hadn't ever gave a cent to anyone, he was still our friend and we still had great time for him. Um, we all love Jerry. I think um, there's there's been a lot of our lads who've been going in and out of there for for a lot of years and um. He he'll genuinely he will be missed. He he obviously will be in um um like I think it says everything about him with the way things are in this day and age that he was a politician and a landlord and he was genuinely universally loved. Do you know they're they're not the two most popular things in the world in Ireland at this minute, you know, but he was genuinely, genuinely loved by, by so many people and he's gonna be so badly missed by by everyone, by everyone that that got to be around him and 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 things like that, and I think it was only fitting that we we paid some sort of tribute to him, and I think um we're going to do something something else coming up soon enough where where we might hopefully have another little tribute that comes around with us wherever we go, and so I was just like Dan said as well, just to echo what Dan said, you know, um our thoughts are are with his close friends and his his family and the always will be because you can only imagine how much of a loss he's going to be to us, what it must feel like for them and I think it gets said a lot and it couldn't be true or it's it's a genuine loss for the entire city. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like we said our thoughts are and prayers are with the family. Um just to move on slightly I suppose look we have a couple of uh, listener questions that we didn't get to last week from our last podcast that did cause a bit of ruckus. But um, a very interesting question, I suppose, that we didn't really get to speak about. Uh, Eamon Foley comes with, comes in with, do you think if Kerry FC get into the league, which it looks like they will now, it'll have a massive effect on player recruitment for Treaty United, Kevin? No. Um... <laughs> no, no. Never mind. Okay, moving on. <laughs> no, um, like... I, I don't think we have loads and loads of lads from Kerry, do we? We've Matt. We've Matt Keane. Is that about it? I think so. But the draw, I suppose, somewhat like I see there's an under-19 from Kerry at the minute over in England doing uh, going on trials. If that doesn't work out and he came back, hopefully treaty might be able to go for him. Uh, if, but if Kerry were there, would he stay with his local club? Like, you know? Yeah, he, he probably would like, in, in that sense. But... 
it all depends on the on their setup and and what way they're going to be. You know, like if they have a bit of money behind them, obviously that wouldn't be ideal for us having someone so close with money again. Because obviously at the minute, um, if if we have someone that that stands out, you know, we have to worry about the likes of say Galway and Carl come more than anyone. So if you have to add another one, if they have a few quid, then that's obviously a bit of a worry. But if they're going to be set up like we're set up. Early on, then no, I don't. I don't think we'd lose loads. You know, like um, we might, like you said, we might lose a few nineteens down that way. Um, we might, you know, who knows what McKean might do? McKean might want to go home, and obviously that'd be a loss. But at the same time, you know, maybe we could gain from it as well because maybe some lads that we wouldn't have spotted from junior football down in. Kerry might get a chance at League of Ireland and might impress and they might come the other way. Do you know? It, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It remains to be seen, but I don't think it'll affect us massively. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And Darren, would you agree with that? Yeah, like uh, I would, yeah. I mean, you'd expect them to start off slowly, but I don't know what the story is behind the club down there. But um, as Kevin said, it was, it'll probably swing both ways. You know, it, it's maybe similar to a, like ourselves in Cove thing, really, do you know? Whereas we get a few players from Cove and they might get one or two going back that way. So I think it would be very, very similar kind of to ourselves in Cove with ourselves and Kerry in the league, do you know what I mean? So I don't think it would take a huge, massive effect on ourselves, being honest. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, another listener question, a couple coming in from New Kennedy. Um, so first of all, um, look, there's actually a couple, Luke and, and GA podcast show came in and said about the social media improving over the last or expanding over the last couple of weeks. Um, so we'll go into the social media in a minute, but he said uh, he saw Cork City put up this thing about a half season ticket and thought it would have been a great idea that the club could have looked at uh, something like that and draw more of a home crowd for our remaining games. Uh, so Darren, would a half season ticket be something that you'd be like to see maybe from the club? Yeah, I'm sure I'd be interested in it and there'd be other people out there that would be interested in it. You want to see why not? Yeah, fair show. And, go for it. And Kevin, I suppose if they do bring in something like that, if you buy it, like it's if you buy it, you're kind of committed to going to the rest of the game, so you'll see more of a crowd there if they do buy it. Yeah, probably, but I don't want to speak too much on things like that in case I'm being vile and abusive. <laughs> Moving uh, on. <laughs> uh, another question from Luke Kennedy, a, a reference to Robert McNamara saying something, I think it was actually under... Your, your tweet, Kev, about not having a webinar and maybe something like this being people's only um, only kind of forum to air their voices and their questions, etc., etc. Now, I've spoken to someone from the board and they said it is on the priority list, but Darren, I suppose, last year we were exposed to a webinar every month, if not every two months, so not having one in a while, I suppose, lads are going to go on Twitter, they're going to ask questions on this podcast and other podcasts and whatever and, and try and find out something from the club or etc etc yeah I think the webinar as well is it is good but I think being honest it's really a COVID thing it was the fact that we couldn't kind of move from outside the house as well Um, I'd like to see the club maybe do a, fa- a, a night there where the fans in the club can meet and just have a chat face to face more so than doing it on a computer being honest you know yeah, um, yeah I think that would be a great step that people get to have a chat with the lads get to know them a bit more get to know them in person and um, I think that should be something they should look at. You know, I think if we could all do a face to face, with honesty, and um, I think that would be the best step forward. You know, being honest instead of doing it over uh, 
a Zoom call, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> on the other side of that... I know they're all going to be busy now and again, and I, I understand people worked in as well. I understand the flip side of it. But um, I would like to see if there was a chance to get something like that to happen to happen, you know? Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. And the other side of that, though, Kevin, I suppose, when we were well, when the club was trying to be sold last year and they were selling memberships, they were selling that, that was one of the big draws was, was the, the members webinar that you could come and you could ask your questions to Tommy or Con or Sean or whoever else and say, do you know, like, uh, why aren't we doing this or can we do that? Like, you know, and, and people got to sit down and, and look at you for an hour, Kevin. Yeah, well, look, anyone would obviously be willing to pay for membership if they got to look at me. Um, <laughs> but no, look, I think um, after the whole bit of uproar we caused, with the other thing, um, a few people approached me at, at the last game and stuff like that. And, um, like, I think... Just the way I wonder, is it? Obviously that as well. <laughs> I think the way one of the volunteers put it, like I'm obviously not going to say the chap's name, but the way one of the volunteers put it to me is, and I I think he sums up, he summed up how I feel about it at the minute of, as much as there is great work going on, and as much as, you know, we we forever have to be thankful to those lads behind the scenes, and obviously... Um, as down got to there, like COVID is over now, so lads are back to kind of back to work. They maybe had a bit more time to to do all these things last year. But uh, as a volunteer of the club put it to me, and it sums up how I feel. It feels slightly to me like they're sleepwalking through this season. To be honest, it it, it just it doesn't like. I think they've missed an opportunity to to, to grab onto the positivity that was there. Um, the whole way through last season, at the end of last season, obviously the absolute disaster with the pitch at the start of the season to start it off, and I don't, I don't think they've recovered from there. I like they've had chances, you know, to do these things. Like Darren said, did the three-game deal there recently, and things like the half-season tickets and stuff like this, and it, it just felt to me at times this season like they were happy to just kind of get through it, where like. You should be looking to build season on season. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. You know, like, and, and I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to have a go at people. Um, like I'll say it again. I'll be very clear again, so we don't get any whinge bags like we did the last time. Um, I fully understand that people are volunteers. I'm very, very thankful for all they've done to get us a senior football club. I'm very, very thankful for all they continue to do to still have a um a League of Ireland football club, a senior football club and all that stuff. But at the same time, can can anyone tell me what the progress is off the pitch this year compared to last year? What's what's being pushed on? Do, do you know? And like well, you I, can I, say Well for like the first they, team for the first team I understand what you're saying, but if you look at the underage, let's say they have that partnership with Tom and College now, which will hopefully reduce costs going in the future, which will be more money pumped into the senior team. So you could argue that's something. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm actually talking solely about... The senior sorry, team. I should have made that clear. About the senior team, yeah. yeah, yeah no, look, look I, pra- I praise that when it came along, and I still think yeah, yeah. that'll be a big thing. But at the end of the day, and I, I said this with the previous regime, look, everything starts and ends with the senior men's team. And no offence to anyone when I say that. I know there's a women's side, I know they were there before us, and I know all this, but you can have all these partnerships, you can have all these things like this, but if you don't have the support and you don't have people behind the senior team, that's what's going to drive everything on. Like, if you don't get the support in behind that, 
there's not going to be anything there for, for all these things to feed into. You know, you have to, like, that's what, like, I'm, I'm just going to be very blunt. And I, like, that's what draws the support. That's what draws people in. That's what draws in the money. You know, you can have the best underage setup in uh, in history. That's not going to draw people there. That's not going to draw people to the club. The men senior team are what do that. Like, and I, I think they've missed a lot of opportunities this year to to really push on and and really promote it and all. And it's a bit disappointing. It is because, like, in saying that, like, to be honest, I didn't get a membership this year because I felt we lost out on, and it wasn't through no fault of the clubs. But we lost out on the, the League of Ireland TV thing and it wasn't replaced at all. So why would I be paying the same price for kind of less of a product? Do you know what I mean? And I know it's to support the club and stuff like this, but still make the effort. And now the webinars aren't kind of happening. So, like, do you know, it's just, I don't know. Like like I said, I, I, I felt like it kind of summed up my mood when, when you mentioned it to me that they're after sleepwalking through the season a bit. Yeah, yeah. Just just to go off topic, Jack just takes me uh, offline to ask when I like off now. <laughs> so he's been sitting listening to us talking roll for the last <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> um, Poor Jack. <laughs> no, but I look, Kev, that's a very, very I've seen, seen his name still there. I was just, yeah, I, I, just I, left the phone <laughs> on the table or something. Um, no, Kev, that's a very fair point. And, and look, people will argue for and against it and, and whatever. But you have to say on the flip side, Kevin, what we did say in the last podcast has helped a small bit, not directly because of us. And I'm sure Keenan was coming in beforehand and whatever to give a hand because to run the social media as one person is very, very hard. And you need as much help as you can get, especially when you're trying to promote it to Ireland, like our League of Ireland club. But the strides made in the last couple of weeks, social media wise, has been quite good. Which makes me laugh, Jamie, because it's everything we suggested. But yet, when we suggested it, people behind the scenes went running and whinging, and we were getting stupid text messages and stupid talk from certain people. Let's just be honest. Like I, I know it's probably not the best thing to be talking about or the way to be talking about it. But like those kind of attitudes don't help anyone. They're the attitudes from the old club of anyone that says anything negative. We were constructive the last time, and that's why I'm a bit annoyed talking about it now. Is because we were constructive the last time, and it was completely twisted so we were doing this and we were doing that and it's unhelpful but yet didn't like we suggested the likes of Keen and, and stuff like that start happening and everyone is happy and everyone is giving them prayers like we praise the club to the hilt every opportunity we get and the same people who were whinge bags about it as soon as we gave a bit of constructive criticism were lapping up the prayers last year you can't have it you can't have it just the one way yeah, yeah, and all. Well, like, I, I think that needs to be a lesson needs to be learned from that as well. Of the likes of me, the likes of you, the likes of Darren, say the likes of Luke, Robert, on Twitter and all. We're not looking to attack the club. We're not looking to put anyone down. We're trying to give solid what we think are solid points to help the club, to push the club on. Like we're the people they're trying to reach. So we know what's needed. You know, like it's things like this need to be taken on board. Like and and things need to be to be done the right way. And I think just those kind of attitudes need to stop as well. I think Darren brought it up the last time we done the podcast. I think Darren said straight out, go and throw a stop because we're criticising a bit and unfortunately that is what happens. So hopefully... 33 minutes, Darren. 33 minutes. 33 <laughs> minutes. That's exactly yeah. what I said last podcast. <laughs> oh, so look, look, to be honest, I, I am still... A, you shouldn't have brought it up to me now because I'm annoyed about it again now. But move on <laughs> I, didn't I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to spark it. That's not the reason <laughs> I brought it up. 
that's what we're here for. People have asked, like, exactly. not that we're the gods here. I'm not trying to make up that we're gods, but people have asked us a question because they've had no other forum to ask it yet. And the club are very approachable. And I'm sure if someone picked up the phone to ring Sean or Cullum or Mike or whoever else, that they'd answer it. But I suppose people don't feel like they have the, the right to ring someone like that. And they, they want to ask the questions. And we're the people, I suppose, that are answering it. And, and look, if, if we're whatever, we're guilty by association by answering it, or if we're, we're picked out for answering it, so be it. But like Kevin said, Darren, there's been strides. Yeah, and as you said, it's funny the fact that it did happen after. But look, as I said the last uh, on 33 minutes, um, <laughs> <laughs> look, just don't show the ties over the pram, I think I said. But um, look, what we need to do now is just is move forward. I think the strides we've made since then, like I think they've done a little thing there with Dean George, uh, just over the phone, Robert Brennan, I think, very good. People got to see what Dean was like, you know what I mean? They got to hear him, got to see him on the video, so... Small things like that, even the interview with Tommy and Jack Lynch before games and stuff, it actually helps. Like it does help, and I think I know there was a big crowd in the Marcus Field from Cork. We said to travel down, but I think our numbers were up. They were, yeah, on, on the Monday night, and we advertised the game better. We advertised the week better. I felt we advertised the club better as a whole since the little rant we went on. So I think our gate was definitely up, and as as for home fans coming to the ground, so. Look, we just need to push in the right direction. We're not look if we have a hop, we're just doing it for the love of the club. We're not doing it to to have a dig at anyone or put anyone down. We're doing it because we see an opportunity to make things better. So that's basically my message. To the, if the one person or so that gets gets upset, don't get upset because we're not having a dig at you. We're we're doing it because we want things to get better around the club. That's why I mentioned these ticket deals and the social media part of it, because as I said. I remember saying that night I looked through the Cove page and they were pushing and pushing their game and they were doing small things and other clubs are doing interviews and stuff so it's small things like that to help and we as fans and as you said as doing the podcast getting players on it was kind of the only kind of way people were hearing what the, the lads voices you know but um, look fair play to the lads to put the head down I think Keelan's been an absolutely fantastic addition to the media team, being honest, I mean, he's tribute to Jerry Hodie. I think anyone that would have watched that would have been, <laughs> it, it was hard to watch, but it was it was very, very nice and very touching, you know. But um, I think even these other videos around, like his video in Galway and his video uh, from the last few home games, they're huge, they're huge to have. And in the space of two weeks, our, our social media has gone from really nothing special to something very, very good to watch. And hopefully, long may I continue now and we get to build more strides. With more people helping help out that side and get going in the right direction, so yeah. but it's just small things. And look, we're not we're not having a half anyone. We're here to or give our opinions, and we're here to um to see what we see on and off the pitch. And we just want what's best for the club. We want the club to be successful, and we wanted to get better and better. As Jack said, it's going to take time, but you guess you get goods and bads and. I just hope we can uh, get back to what we were doing well last year and getting the word out there and getting the crowds back and every little way we can helps. And- 